Hey guys, um, this is the Chop Block Podcast, and this is a special bonus episode because we ran our mouths about everything on episode 15, but the shit that we were supposed to talk about. So welcome to episode 15.5 of the Chop Block Podcast. I am Ty St. Boogie. And I am Scissor215. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, this show is the iteration of two things that we produce on these Instawebs, internets, whatever you want to call them. Um, One is The Credit Check, which is the most comprehensive listing of album credits we'll find on the internet. Because we're not just telling you the producers, we're going to tell you as much information as we can find about every single record on every single album that is released, as long as that information is available to us. So if somebody hit a damn triangle one time on track 10 and we can find that person's name, they name going in the credits. Got him. The other thing that we do sometimes, we've been slacking of late, is the chopping block where we break down albums track by track and give you a multi-faceted review of each album that comes out every week. Uh, our team and Sis, led by Sis, they stay up late as fuck on Thursday nights and go through and find all these credits and make them available for you guys. And then for years to come, every time somebody questions Cardi B's ability to write her own records, they do a little search on her album. It brings them to our website. So we get a nice little comment. <laughs> Somebody cusses us out about some shit that has nothing to do with us. You don't need write her own records. First of all, Mariah can't know. Was it Mariah that they were talking about the other day that that writes all of her songs? Okay. That was Mariah. Mm-hmm. Sure, guys. All right. So on episode 15, we talked to you guys in case you haven't listened to that one yet. You want to go back? We discussed uh, the RZA versus DJ Premier battle. And that's why we couldn't get to the rest of our show. That's really what it was. It was yeah, really that, that one got that one got a little spirited. We we, we did about an hour on that. <laughs> but they deserve it. They deserve it. Um, we gave y'all some current events, things that are going on in the world of music, things that have been canceled, announced, and so on and so forth. And so now, without further ado, we will take it to this week, well, last week's new releases. Starting with my, what's it, my presence from there, uh, Cardinal Official, Drake. My sixth favorite Canadian? I think Tory Lanez is like six. I think so. Let me think. <laughs> yeah. You, you better than me for that one. I mean, he would have been higher up, but like my cousin is Canadian and he's my favorite cousin. So like he pretty, he pretty much got two spots by himself. Anyway. What about Celine Dion? No, she's not. She's not up there like that. Not for me. I'm trying to think if there's another Canadian that I like more. I really think Car- like it's my cousin, then it's Cardi. Cardinal official, not Cardi B or whatever other Cardi, Playboy Cardi. No, Cardinal official. That's that's my other favorite. Oh, and then Jesse Reyes. Y'all, you just put me on to the fact Jesse Reyes. Yes, yeah, see, Bieber. No, yeah, sorry. What about Jim Carrey? Might be tied for six with Tory Lanez. <laughs> I got a whole list. 
You know, Michael J. Fox is Canadian and Bullshit. you're not look, Tory Lane's dropped an album, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Reeves is Canadian. Who? <laughs> William Shatner is Canadian. Oh shit. Okay. Avril yeah. Levine, I miss her. Aw, Avril Levine. All right, so Tory Lanez dropped an album. It's called The New Toronto Three. I clearly missed one and two. I think we uh, all. Did you miss one and two as well? I didn't know there was a one or two. I know somebody from Toronto who didn't know there was one or two. <laughs> Um, the new Toronto three is really long. 16 tracks. 16 full tracks. No intros. Oh, that just reminded me what happened to me and Tory Lanez. It was, I discovered Tory Lanez. He gave me songs that I loved. At the very top of that list was the, the Snake Ships joint, Dimelo, which is still one of my favorite records ever. Then he dropped an album and there was a skit on every song, right? Mm-hmm. That was it for me. So anyway, he's back. This is 16 whole actual songs. Um, I'm going to let you talk about the production before we talk about how I felt about it. I'm mad that I didn't know Jim Carrey was from Canada. Really? <laughs> See, I knew that. All these damn Canadians. All these damn Canadians. All right. Conversation with, do you remember Eternia? Yes. Yeah. She was Canadian too. A lot of Canadians. <laughs> Infiltrate. <laughs> hey, 40 got to probably beat Tory Lanez. 40 got to be tied, tied with Drake somewhere too. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to put Boy Wonder up there for me. I got a list. Tory, you know, you're good with me. If you make my top 50, you're cool. <laughs> All right, so talk to us about this album. Yeah, so um, you know, uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of Tory rapping, um, which I like, man. I'm I'm a fan of Tory's bars. Um, he did some co he did some co production on this. Uh, it's a lot of Play Picasso on here, a lot of Nine Three. Uh, you got Super Mario, got Monster Hayes, B and N, Don Cannon. Came to the party, um, so you know he's got he's got some really high energy joints. Poppier, Cassius J, from out here in the A. Um, I don't know if he's out here in the A, but he lives out here in the A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoop the truth, uh, yeah. Play Picasso's all over this joint. Uh, ambience, cherry beats. Um, you know, it's it's got some vibes on it. Um, like I said, you know, I'm I really a rap music on this joint, but I, I really enjoy that he took a rapper's direction on a lot of these records. Um, also, shout out to Foreign Tech; he's on this joint. I stand your alum. He did two joints on here too, and uh, big shout to uh, Johan Chavez on the engineering tip. He also mixed it, and Chris Garinger uh, mastering the project. So, yeah. I always smile when I see I standard producers. Absolutely. Credits. It warms my heart. Absolutely. It 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 reminds us why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Some days we need those reminders more than others. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I wasn't a fan. So last week, for those of you who don't know, I work for a very mainstream website, right? Somebody from one of the writers at, uh, one of my writers wrote an article about something that happened on Tory Lanez's live. And he referred to Tory Lanez as a rapper. And I was like, really? Is that really where we classify him? And so I did a Google search and sure enough, Google said rapper. And then, you know, like I told y'all last week, I figured that while Al Gore's internet might think he was a rapper, that I wanted to verify what Al Green's internet thought. And everybody was like, yeah, no, he's a rapper. Um, And this week we found out that I would much rather listen to him sing or do that little reggae-y thing that he'd be doing sometimes. See, I'm the opposite. Sometimes we do that. So I listened to the new Toronto 3 on the day that it came out, and I'm going to pull up our our team Slack so I can see exactly the moment when I was like, yeah, guys, I don't think this is for me. I think it was track three. It happens. <laughs> and I think that my issue with it was just, it sounded very repetitive to me. Like it really just, there was not enough variety. The flow was very similar. The beats were very similar. Yeah. I said four songs in and I'm already over this album. And right now, as I'm sitting here telling y'all, like even looking at the track list, there isn't a single song on this album that I actually remember actually having listened to. Maybe Who Needs Love. I remember that one. I only gave it one listen, so I can't really say, you know. But you know what? Y'all love Tori Lanez. Y'all loved him before I knew who he was or how to say his name. And y'all will continue to love him. And I will continue to appreciate his random appearances on people's reggae records. So it's fine. Uh, he said that this was his last project on his label, which is Interscope. This was his last project that he had to deliver for Interscope. Uh, when he tweeted that or posted out on Instagram, I can't remember which one it was. He also said that that meant that he could now start making the kind of music that he wants to make. So we'll see what that means for young Corey Lanez, our top 20 Canadian. <laughs> top 38. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes artists put out a body work just to get out their contract, too. So we'll see. I mean, you know, let's see what Tory Lane's doing. Tory Lane sounds like now that he's independent. So we had an anomaly this week in that Tory, I mean, uh, uh, Currency dropped the project. We actually have credits. So the funny part is Currency dropped the project and it was fully produced by one person. Oh. And it was only five songs. And we don't really have credits. It's really just us putting Cardo every time. Well, shit. Shouts to Cardo Got Wings then. On to the next one. Shouts to Cardo Got Wings and shouts to artists who give all of the people involved in their projects their full credits and allow them to shine. Now, uh, there was also a new project dropped by The Strokes. Last week was light. We told you guys that going into the week that it was going to be light. Um, there were a couple of random mixtapes and EPs that came out. The Strokes dropped the problem called The New Abnormal. Um, I feel like the strokes haven't dropped anything in a really long time. 
It's been a while. And this project is fully produced by Rick Rubin? Rick Rubin. What? Mm-hmm. Now have, you might have to listen to it. Have you, like, seen an interview or anything about how this even happened? No, it was quiet. I mean, I didn't see any kind of lead-up. You know, generally, when it's somebody like Rick and the Strokes, the bigger publications will pick it up, but I really didn't catch it. Fuck you, Corona. <laughs> we should know this story. I don't even understand how this happened. Bruh, let me explain to y'all the discography, the discography of the strokes right quick. Like, if the internet would let me be great, which it apparently won't. But I don't think these guys have dropped anything in at least 15 years. Is that right? No, I'm a liar. It's been seven years. So they dropped the project in 2011. They dropped one in 2013. And then they dropped this new one, the new Abnormal. So it's been, yeah, it's been seven years. It's been a while. Um, apparently, let's see. So Albert Hammond, who is the father of the band's guitarist, Albert, Ham- Albert Hammond Jr., told the the West Australian, because they're a group from Australia, that the Strokes were working with Rick Rubin. That's the only person that seems to have like said that shit anywhere. And then to with the guitarists went on Twitter and said that they were only presenting musical ideas to Rick Rubin. They were not recording anything. But obviously, they went to LA to Rick Rubin's Shangri-La studio in Malibu. And that's where they recorded the whole thing. And Rick Rubin produced the whole thing. And nobody's talking about it. I don't... What? Yeah. Um, no, nah, nobody's really talking about it. All right. Well, you guys, I'm going to listen to it. And then we're going to talk about it next week. Because, wow. All right. Okay, I'm done fangirling. Um, speaking of one producer projects, Nori dropped an EP last week. Well, technically not one producer. Yeah, two producers. See, you lied to me. You said we put this on the site. It's not up here. I did listen to it. Well, I listened to the first couple tracks. All right, so we'll have right. to get to that. The first track I really liked a lot. Um, the production is great. I mean, it's the Justice League. And Nori is like comfortable Nori. He's not like trying to do too much Nori. It's like Nori dad raps. Nori dad raps. Super thug. In the carpool lane. Facts. It's five tracks. It's called Patio Furniture. The album cover is like a little kid in a oversized Versace shirt with two bottles of Ace of Spades and some weed and some money. Um, overlooking the ocean and sunset with something smoking in his hand that could either be a blunt or a gun. <laughs> Five songs produced by uh, Justice League, as we mentioned. One of these songs features RL, as in RL from Next. <laughs> and then there's another song called My City, uh, parentheses New York, featuring Raekwon, Davies, and is it Imani or Emani? I'm going to go Emani. It's Emani. And he's somehow affiliated to Justice League, right? I believe so, yeah. Because I feel like I don't ever see him on things that Justice League is not a, is not a part of. So, yeah. Um, 
there was that. And then there was 24 hours and DJ drama dropped the project, which I don't think they're calling these things gangster girls anymore, but they might be. I don't know. So Emily is a, yeah, he's a, um, he's done a lot of stuff, uh, with Joe Button. Oh, that's where I know him from. Okay, cool. A lot of stuff with Joe Button. So yeah. I said to Sis that 24 Hours was dropping the project with drama, and Sis said that he did not know who 24 Hours was. Um, no. And I had to remind him that before he was 24, 24 Hours, a.k.a. the rapper known as Made in Tokyo's brother, he was Royce Rizzi. And Royce Rizzi was once signed to So So Def. And at one point he was signed to Lil Scrappy's label and he was a rapper rapper, like a rap rap rapper. And then he figured out that being a harmonizing rap crooner was working better for his life. He put a song out uh, called, damn, why do I keep forgetting the name of the song? Back in 2017, he had a song out called where is it? Why do I keep missing it? What you like? That was like his his little hit record or whatever. So that's who that is. So if you're into that type of stuff, it's called 12 AM in Atlanta. It is a uh, 16 track long project. The last track is called Curtis Snow. I feel like that tells us everything we need to know about that project. So yeah, um, we don't usually do two-part shows, but sometimes we do. And we have multiple segments in our show regardless. And any time that we switch from one topic to the next is an opportunity during which we could be promoting your project or product or services or wares, um, a.k.a. give us money and we will give you promo. Right, Sis? That's correct. So if you guys have something that you're trying to get out to the public, that you're trying to raise awareness about, you can email the chop block pod at gmail.com and we will hook you up. We got you. I just found uh, Tori Lanez on Instagram with Lil Mo's and Little Mo and Little Mo's son singing on his live. Tori Lane's Instagram live during Corona is the best thing that's happened in his whole entire career. That's interesting. Is that bad? No, it's just, you know, I mean, <laughs> He's he's always had a personality, so it's a good good opportunity for his personality to shine. Is D Nice on? Is he is he DJing right now? <laughs> Probably. Somebody cloned D Nice. I don't believe D Nice is still alive. I believe that somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, what D Nice has been doing is he's been tapping out here and there. He is actually live right now. Um, what he's been doing is that he'll tap out every so often and he'll tag another DJ in. So he is currently live. It is the after dark portion of quarantine radio, which he has trademarked. And he has 17.1 thousand people tuned in. Literally a radio station. A one man radio station. Last night he tagged in Beacox. Um, last night I looked at Instagram at three o'clock in the morning and it was just as many people on live at three o'clock in the morning as there are right now. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to bed. Um, anyway, so a lot of new music dropped between the last time we were together and now. I, where should we start? Should we start with the absurd? Let's do it. What was more absurd? Is it the fact that the Black Eyed Peas dropped the song in 2020? Or 
is it the fact that RMR can actually fucking sing and had his people not guided him towards this damn gimmick, y'all would be fucking with him right now? Um, It's the Black Eyed Peas, for okay, sure. Cool. Let's go there first. <laughs> so Black Eyed Peas have a new song called Mamacita, which is a very, I feel like they've done this on a, it was called Hey Mama. Is this like all sure. of them? Uh, who's left in the Black Eyed Peas? Will I Am, Apple D App. What's the other one saying? Taboo. Is that the Native American looking dude? Yes, and um, Stacy Ferguson from Kids Incorporated. <laughs> she is Stacy Ferguson from Kids Incorporated. Yes, we've never talked about how obsessed I used to be with her braids. I love that show so much more than than uh. The Mickey Mouse Club. Listen, Stacy from Kids Incorporated was my first girl. Kids Incorporated. K I D S. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> at a moment. <laughs> looks like we made it. Okay, sorry. Um, yes, I see. Uh, looks like Stacy Ferguson all up in this video. So I'm gonna say that she's still in the group. Good to hear. Let's let's look on one of these DSPs and see what the credits say. So the song is called Mamacita, as I said, and so they had to they had to go find some hot Latin artists to join them on here, and they tagged Ozuna. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, psych. My bad. They just found a Fergie like. What? Jessica Reynoso. Oh, so that's who Jay Reynoso is. Gotcha. Oh no, that's yeah, Jay Jay Ray Soul. So maybe no, maybe not. Hold on, I'm confused, y'all. Okay, let's talk about what the song sound like because right now I'm very very baffled. What did the song sound like to you? It sounded like um, that last night I dreamed of Isla Bonita by Madonna back when cultural appropriation was okay. <laughs> Because the Spanish lady probably wrote the record for Madonna. Yo, that was a whole entire bop. La Isla Bonita was a whole entire bop. Still is a whole entire bop. Um, so it sounds like they kind of interpolated a little bit of it. Um, it didn't sound like we needed more than the hook and the one verse, the whoever went first, which was Ozuna, right? I thought that was Will I Am in some form of Spanish. Oh, Jesus. So apparently the answer to the question as to whether Fergie is still a part of Back High Peas is a no. I think the last time I saw them together was like maybe like the Champions League or the World Cup like a couple years ago. But when you look on their Wikipedia, that's what it says. It says, Will I Am, Apple D App, Taboo, and J. Ray Soul, a.k.a. Jessica Reynoso. Lord. Oh, Black Eyed Peas. Okay. Um, CeeLo dropped a new song. It's, what was it called? Lead Me? It's called Lead Me. Lead Me Out of the Darkness. Lead Me sounds to me like the big gospel power ballad aha moment from a movie in the 80s. Like, think, remember when Disney redid Pollyanna with uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam and... um, and Felicia Rashad. 
Yeah, and it was terrible. Shut your face. It was not. It was amazing. Okay, sorry. It sounds like the big aha moment reveal off of one of those straight to Netflix. I was going to say DVD, but straight to Netflix movies that's going to star a C-list R&B singer and some gospel folks that you don't know if you're a heathen like myself. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a gospel song or if it was just in the style of a gospel song. It was a song about hope? Yeah, I guess. It might have been about a girl named Hope. I don't know. But I will say this. As interesting as the tone of CeeLo's voice is at the beginning of that song, it sounds to me like the baritone of old school like R&B groups. Like if you know Jay-Z's song, Some People Hate, the very beginning of that song, I'm not going to sing it for you guys now, but it does show you the range of CeeLo's voice because it took a couple seconds for me to realize that that was actually him singing. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, vocally he's, he's at the top of his game. It sounds, it sounds great. I mean, it, it's a good record. I just was taken aback because you know, CeeLo goes all over the place, and he can, and it's just not what I thought it was going to be when I pressed play. <laughs> um, all right, which brings us to uh, RMR. You guys, for those of you who are like, who is RMR? It was that question that we were asking so fervently in mid-February. Was it mid-February? I think so. Timey-wimey is wobbly right now, but yeah, I believe so. So back in February, there was this whole thing on the internet where this guy had dropped this clip where he was singing a Rascal Flat song. Was it a Rascal Flat song? It was a Rascal Flat song. Yeah. I'm so proud of myself for remembering that. Um, and it was him and his niggas standing, looking like every bit of the background performers, extras in Amigos video ski masks and extendos and all that fun stuff, but singing Rascal Flats. And two extremely fascinating and extremely disappointing things happened. The first is that every music site tripped over themselves to be the first ones to coin the phrase, what did they end up calling it? Country Trap Ballad. Just because a hood nigga was singing. A country song because it was clearly still the same exact song in the same exact style there was nothing trap about it there was no 808 there was nothing but it was black people with guns and ski masks and that automatically made the song trap um the second fascinating and disappointing thing that happened is that the clip that he posted went viral and he had zero retention from that. We sat there and watched this this record as a case study and just watched that clip get like 10, 15, 20,000 likes, retweets, whatever. And RMR, which apparently we found out by accident from Timbaland, stands for rumor, right? I think that's what Timbaland said. I believe so as well. He was sitting there with a smooth like 3,000 followers on, on Twitter. He eventually made it to like 10,000 on Instagram and nothing was done to capitalize off of that very carefully crafted viral moment. And the reason why I tell you that it was very carefully crafted is because 
The first site that picked up his video is a site that actually offers promotion services for a fee. So you can pay to have a place. Now they do vet the music. They won't just post anything, but you pay to be on it. And then they'll send out to other people. And as soon as that little clip on Twitter went viral, then his publicist started reaching out to people saying, oh my God, this song is going viral. It's so crazy. You should post it too. Here we stand six weeks in a pandemic later and none of y'all give a single solitary fuck about RMR. Not at all. And um, then he just came back out of nowhere with a new song. Well, I might be wrong. Um, the new song is called Dealer. It came out on, uh, I think, Thursday of last week. And the little clip for that has like 55,000 views on Instagram. He's now up to 58,000 followers. So, you know. It's viral-ish. But it should be more. And I think it'll end up being more because he's a talented dude. And this record shows a lot more of that. I got a shout out my little brother, Ism Beats, who produced this joint. Um, he gave me the heads up that something was coming and this was it. Um, I standard alumni also from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, this, this joint is dope. It still got a little bit of a twang to it. This is more in the realm of country trap, uh, than that last thing, but it's a dope record. Um, I just, I just hope there's a consistency now, you know, I saw him, uh, I think he might have signed a deal of some sorts or he was at a record label or, you know, you can probably check his Instagram and see what's going on. But yeah, he's um he's here to stay. So interestingly enough, I now finally found the damn whole entire uh, lineup for uh, the digital fader for it because he was on it. He was. Yep. And nobody really knew happened. Oh, man. Ari Lennox and J.I.D. were on here. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. Sorry. We have y'all y'all should know if you've listened to the last couple of shows that we are very fascinated by this online fader for it that happened, but nobody knew it happened. Rumor, I feel like should be a bigger deal because he's Timbaland affiliated and he's actually really, really talented. But what happened, says what happened? I don't know. They they just for one, he he started out as a gimmick. For two, you started out singing somebody else's song uh, without their permission. So um, there was some snafu. And you could do covers. Covers are, are okay, but, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was the gimmick. And now it's like, um, can we get past the gimmick and take you seriously for your music? So we'll see. If somebody played y'all that new RMR record dealer, if you didn't know who it was and they just played it for you, it's a, it's a, it's, it's more than decent. Mm-hmm. So we shall see what it does. Uh, elsewhere, we're still continuing this hit parade of old niggas with new music. We told you Nori just dropped the whole entire project. Um, Snoop dropped a new song that we checked out. Oh, my. you got to watch the video. I think he just dropped the... Well, I mean, I'm sure that he dropped the song, too. But we he dropped the video at the same time, right? And uh, who else did we see on here? Um, 
And why am I blanking on this man's name? E40 got a new record out. 50 got a new record out that we didn't get a chance to check out called uh, Trying to Fuck Me Over featuring Post Malone. Well, it says video. I don't pay attention to Curtis Jackson's antics enough to know if it's new music or if it's just a new video. Too Short. Too Short has a new record out called Pull Up featuring Trader Truth. I don't know where or why Machine Gun Kelly is doing new music. Like two separate, those two are two separate statements, by the way. Uh, but yeah, Asher Ross out here for a second week in a row, right? Back at it. Yep. Maybe he's got a project coming. Asher's like back, back. Kid Cuddy. Well, Cuddy dropped the project two years ago, right? Was that two years or was it three? I think so. Um, how long has Kidding been around? A very long time. And Kidding, Kidding has been around for a really, really long time. And I think somewhere between his name and maybe his style of music, he just is not catching. Like, he's not catching, but he's not going away either. Because I feel like he was supposed to take Tiger's spot and Tiger just never left. Tiger left and came back. Yeah, but, you know, every year Tiger kind of, every year Tiger kind of catches one. And, like, Kidding is dope. Like, he's super solid, but it's just what he makes is, like, another version of what somebody else makes. You know, and on that L.A. rap scene, it was always kind of Tiger in his way, I felt like. I am really racking my brain to think of a Kid Ink record, and I feel like every Kid Ink record that I could think of, I thought was probably somebody else's song. Like, Be Real, I don't think of... I mean, it's obviously his song. He's on rapping on all the verses. But when I think of Be Real, I think of Dej Loaf. And he has a bunch of, like, you know, records that charted between 2013 and 2017. It's been a little bit less of a sound or less hits since 2017. Um, Actually, no, my bad. Since 2015... We had a song with Tory Lane with uh, Fetty Wap called Promise that went platinum. Can you think of what that record sounds like right now? I have no idea what that record sounds like right now. But he's back and he has a new record called Just Chill. Y'all should go check that out because obviously people love him somewhere. Um, and who else? French Montana got some new shit out. Trouble got some new shit out. What we actually checked out. Uh, so Leon Bridges came with a with a bop called Inside Friend, and it's all about a chick coming to see him. I hope he's not doing that right now, Leon, because you know it's COVID nineteen, and you should not be having strange women coming to your apartment or whatever. That's what it's about, and um, it's a good record, like in that lane, you know. And John Mayer's on there, probably playing guitar or something. Is that all he's doing? I yeah I didn't hear him singing, unless John Mayer sounds like Leon Bridges. That's a a very interesting question. Let me let me check the lyrics real quick. Uh, uh, so he's singing along with him on the chorus. There you go. Okay, he's on the third verse. John Mayer, you can slide across my kitchen floor and tell me goodbye, and just see yourself right out my door. Come back through when you want to. If you do, never call me anymore. That's what inside friends are for. We need to get um, Doja Cat 
to redo these lyrics in in uh no we need her to just say the lyrics like she like she said the box in uh in in old English. Did you oh, see that? No. She had yes, like a night, like she was about to go joust with somebody. Uh, recited the words to the box in the king's old English. Oh my God, I do need to go look at that. I enjoy those cats so much. I also, um, John Mayer is my problematic bay. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta listen again because now I know that was John Mayer singing. So now we gotta go back and listen all the way. I didn't listen all the way to the end because, you know, we were rushing to try to do this. But I listened to it like three, four times before that. Like it's been, I, it's been playing around the house. So I'll check it out again. But John Mayer is that good. Um, while we're over here in this R&B lane, my, uh, the person I wish Tory Lanez really was, Bryson Tiller. <laughs> Y'all gotta stop. It's just, it's just gotta stop. Uh, Bryson Tiller dropped a new joint. It's called Slept On You, uh, produced by NES. And it's very much, you know, Bryson Tiller is the guy that is like just outside of the friend zone. He lives there forever. He's just outside. He's right outside. He's right outside. Like if he calls you on the right day, something might pop off, but not quite boyfriend material. And he sings and he sings to, to try to sing his way out of the friend zone permanently. And he's really singing. And I appreciate that. He's always singing. He's always singing in that, you know, traditional R&B talking to the ladies way, you know, that's Bryson Tiller. I thought the joint was dope. So I'll be uh, adding that to my playlist. Except for Sorry Not Sorry, in which case he went full on savage on you hoes. And I enjoy that song very much as well. Um, let's see, elsewhere in R&B. Who else did we have that was r and I'm trying to save this division record for the last on the R&B ones because I have many things to say about this division record. Uh, what other R&B shit did we uh, have? Now too, so it's, it's best to save that for the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dropping an album uh, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, so we got this one. Oh, yeah. How we forget that? <laughs> because it was a very forgettable record. <laughs> Terrible. Am I, though? Says, look, maybe it's because Lil John hyped us up about it. I, I like the record. I mean, it's not their previous record. But I think once once I caught the groove of this record, I enjoyed it. So did what? Once I caught the groove of the record. Like, cause I was confused. Like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> so maybe that threw it off for me. But then once I once I like understood what they were saying, then I was like, oh, okay. Because it's like, it, it's a weird premise. You're talking about sex, but you're talking about like a beat at the same time. So, Luda didn't sound like Luda. Too tired. The, the beat. Whatever. This song ain't for me, y'all. And it's, and, 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 you know, I think the, the underlying theme of this show is that everything ain't for everybody, and that's okay. But. And- Sometimes you can trash things if you don't like them, and that's fine too. I really, I really was very excited about this record, and I was very underwhelmed. That's just where my life went with it. Um, I think that's we also got. Um, so that this wasn't really. I mean, 
it's like a rapper R&B record, but it was Buddy and Kent Jams. And I have never heard of Kent Jams before, but I think it's a really good record. So I would I would tell folks to go check out that new Buddy and Kent Jams record. We kept wanting to call him Kent something else. No, because there's a Kent Jones right, in Florida. Right. Yeah, but... Uh, so yeah, Kent Jams and- is part of a group called Overdose. It's him... Oh. In June, J O O N, and uh, that's all I know about him. And it's called "She Think," and it's from an album, apparently. Whose album is it? Wait, what? What happened? Somebody is put out an album? album. Is it on Buddy's album? Oh, it's not an album. They just listed the single as an album. Mm. Uh, but it says Jank. Oh wait. What's today? It's coming out on Friday. Coming out oh. tomorrow. It's it's called Jank Tape. And it's Buddy and Kent Jams. And the cover is them um, in the style of Beavis and Butthead sitting on the couch. Yeah. And that alone will make me listen. Yeah. I'm so good artwork will do it. Good artwork and a good lead single because I enjoyed the little, I, I enjoyed, um, the little bop that they gave us, she think, which I think like the the hit the hook goes into she thinks she likes me or something like that. Um, all right, and then Division is getting ready to drop his project, and he released that track list last week, and then along with the track list, he gave us two records, uh, which was Dangerous City featuring Ty Dolla Sign and Bujabantan, and I want to say the other record was featuring her. Let me see. But while I'm trying to figure this out, uh, let me see. What was the other song? We could talk about this. We could talk about this this Dangerous City record though, because y'all may not know that Ty Dolla Sign is like one of my favorites, and I really can't even quantify it. I don't seek out Ty Dolla Sign music, but every time Ty Dolla Sign appears on somebody else's shit, I am here for it and excited and never disappointed. You hear that, Usher? Never disappointed. <laughs> so the the last single was with Snow Allegra. Okay, Snow Allegra. Yeah, same sad girl with a beautiful voice vibe. <laughs> uh, that one was called Between Us. No, no, no. He dropped the one with uh, Snow Allegra in January. There was another record that he dropped last week. No, so no. So the first single was Miss Me and then In Between. And the second single was No Crying with Future. Third single was Amused. The fourth single Between Us was released on March 19th, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, people don't know how to write on these websites. My bad. <laughs> See, right. get, we're trying to get information from, from these sources, and it's just like so many unreliable Yo, sources. Says, we're just going to have to figure out a way to... Just right. send us stuff, okay? Just send it directly to us. Please. Anyway, this new joint, Division, Ty Dolla Sign, Buju Bantan. Um, when they get to Buju's part, the beat does this interesting, hey, let's go to Jamaica thing. Y'all nice. know... Yeah. Y'all know how much I enjoy in 
and, and, and relish being a West Indian child. So you give me Buju, who, whew, and then you uh, give me a little reggae sound and beat produced by obviously 1985, who is the production side of Division. Yes. Yep, along with uh, Robin Hannibal and Noah Breakfast. So y'all go listen to that. I'm really excited about this project just off of that single. Because he released the track list too. And like the track list, like, yeah, he went deep and got some really, really impressive, um, impressive guest appearances on here. Or they. I always say he because when you go to a show and you see Division performing live, you only see one person. Right, because technically a producer, yeah. Yeah, and he be so he just looks like you know the DJ that's there with the singer. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, all right. So that was all of our R and B joints on the hip hop side. As we mentioned, uh, Asher Roth is back. We finally figured out who Fredo Bang was. We and, did, and that is Boosie Badass's. I'm assuming little cousin. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I was on one of them their websites, and they apparently somebody thought they had beef, but uh, Boozy said, ain't no beef, that's my little cousin, so. And you know, he didn't say play, so that means that he actually is, in fact, a relative. <laughs> I'm Lord Jesus. Anyway, so he dropped in a joint called Saucy, which I enjoyed. It felt very, uh, it felt very familiar, but not in a bad way. I could do it. Uh, what else did we check out? IDK has a song called "In My White Tee," and it sounds like, and yup, it sounds like what you think it sounds like a little bit. In my white tee, yep, in my white tee. <laughs> well, that was funny. Uh, we enjoyed that one as well, and then we started kind of hopping around, and seeing what else was worth us discussing with you guys. And what did we land on? We landed on um, that Snoop Dogg record that we talked to you about. Oh, and two of my faves from Atlanta, Deontay Hitchcock and J.I.D. Who uh, Sis said Deontay Hitchcock sounded very much like T.I. on this record. Big, big, big tip influence. And that's cool. I mean, you know, but that's kind of what you want, right? When you have, you know, when, when Tip came out, it was like kind of the second wave, which... The first wave was incomplete. The first wave was all Dungeon Family when people realized that people in Atlanta had lyrics. And then Tip came and Tip had lyrics. And out of his class of Atlanta artists, between him and Jeezy, and I guess we'll put Luda in that same class, technically, even though yeah. they're two years yeah. apart. Yeah, he was, he was there a little bit. Yeah, like, you know, Luda was lyrical in a completely different way than what Tip was. And so, you know, Tip was giving you street shit, but with lyrics. And so, yeah, it's absolutely normal that you're going to now, you know, 15 years after Tip's debut album, almost 20 years after Tip's debut album, that you would have a Deontay Hitchcock who was carrying that baton. I like Deontay. I enjoy him very much. And it's a good record. Good record. Y'all know Jed is my little, my little cousin in my head, so I couldn't, we couldn't go wrong with that one. Uh, we talked about Kid, well, we talked about Kid Cudi having a record. Did we talk about the record? Um, it's a record. It's like, <laughs> going in. Like, it's not, I, I like the record uh, for the most part. I didn't get to listen to it all the way through, 
But I was surprised because he's rapping, rapping kind of at first. And he's like talking about his influence on a lot of these new artists. So he's out of his weirdo bag. No. <laughs> I don't think Kid Cudi can get out of his weirdo bag, but the song's basically about his influence on this generation, his connection to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, you know, it's a pretty cool record. It's called Leader of the Delinquents, produced by Dot the Genius. I'll no tell you, a joint that I, well, he dropped two, but I only listened to one of them, was uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Well, the one I did get to check out was Pretty Toxic Revolver. And this kid is super talented. Like, he acts, you know, he, he's got a good singing voice. Like, on this track, he's, um, he's kind of like in a rock style, singing the hook. Um, it's a it's a pretty funny video because he shot it with a uh, he got his microphone outside on his balcony so you can see he's on the balcony but it also is one of those split videos so it's like him singing the you know those new uh, social media videos where you have the person singing with yourself mm-hmm. like the voicey the voicey app mm-hmm. um, but no it, it's it's a really really good record um, Machine Gun Kelly is a super solid artist. Um, he just, you know, doesn't have a place. And it's kind of about him not having a place um, and not being respected, but him putting in the work and all kinds of stuff. So um, it's it's worth a spin. I'm going to check out the second one because I like the first one. So that's Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Pretty Toxic Revolver. I definitely say go check that joint out. And in one second, I will tell you who produced it. It was produced by Baz X and Slim X. And it's going to be on an album called Lockdown Sessions. So, yeah, go out on the balcony, take the mic, you know, make some songs. Corona. (laughs) Corona. (laughs) I'm sorry. The way you said that was just funny. Um, Okay. And last but not least, apparently there is a posthumous album coming by the Jacka, who is, you know, a pioneer, pretty big figure in the Bay Area. Uh, he was murdered in a shooting in East Oakland in 2015 at the age of 37. And I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, that that's the artist. Was that the artist that people were, like, saying that Drake bit off of him when he dropped Yellow? Or was that somebody else? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, in any case, they're dropping a new album by the Jackets called Murder Weapon, and it they released the first single from it. It's called Cherish Me. It features Dub20 and Street Knowledge, who are artists signed to um, the Jackets label, which is still operating five years after his death. That's pretty good that it's still operating. Yeah, hell yeah. And that they're giving people an opportunity, you know, or they're giving his artists an opportunity or whatever um, to be featured on there. So y'all go check out Cherish Me. And then, you know, look, we're going to be 100% honest. Bay Area music ain't always for everybody. Bay Area Area people make make music for Bay Area people. Like D.C.? <laughs> like a lot of places, you know, it's a couple of cities that manage to kind of get around that, but for the most part, 
Um, I think those are probably the two most unique. And they're also, they have a similar attitude. Like, we don't give a shit what y'all think. So, so Hyphy and Go-Go. Hyphy and Go-Go. And so, yeah, I feel like I'm wrong about this YOLO thing. I feel like it was somebody else. It was Mac. It was Mac Dre. That's what it Mac was. Dre. There you go. Yes. Um, but in any case, I, I knew enough to know that the jacket was important. And y'all should go and check that shit out. So do that. Um, and Tink dropped another song too, and it was forgettable enough for us to forget to mention it during our little R and B run. So she looked nice in the video, though. I, <sighs> I, I I don't even know if it was forgettable. Well, yeah, I mean, I only listened to it once. I <laughs> I like Tink. I like what she's doing. I just wish she had a bigger audience. That's all. I'm just sad because Tink is such a talent, and I just Agreed. she deserved better. Agreed. Agreed. All right, you guys. Um, again, this would have been a great opportunity for us to talk about some flag shit that one of y'all was doing. Had one of y'all hit us up and cut a check so that we could tell the world about what you got going on. And, you know, we're kind people. We understand all that's going on right now. So, you know, if you have something and your budget has been Corona fives, Corona rise. I don't know that we have a a nineteen. Nineteen If your money's funny, Colorado, so we might be able to help you out anyway. So this is the fun part of the program where we talk about what's coming out next week. And next well, this week, tomorrow. A lot better looking for releases than last week was, because last week was a struggle, y'all. A whole struggle. We got um, Burner and Be Real putting out a project. Oh. The baby is back. Oh, really? Already? Yeah, the baby is back. We're blaming on baby. Um, We got David Bowie. Keep going down this list. I'm about to to figure out what this David Bowie... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got Division, uh, Fiona Apple, Fredo Bang. Wait, Fiona Apple? Yeah. Bro, Fiona. What is going on with these artists making comebacks this year? They ain't got nothing else to do. Oh, here's another one for your throwback bag. Already the Rugged Man. I thought I was out already. All My Heroes Are Dead. No, it comes out um, tomorrow. Tech Nine is back. What the hell years is? Uh, yeah, West Side Gun. It's his turn. Pray for Paris. And uh, yeah, that's it. I was like, oh, this week is popping, y'all. <laughs> I lied, you guys. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's a little better than it was the week before. Do you we- feel like we're gonna dry up? Like releases are just gonna stop? I feel like everybody heard that music was slowing down, so they slowed down. But now that we got new information that it's picking back up, people are going to pick back up. So there had to be a lull. There had to be downtime, right? Um, But it's a lot of people. What else do they have to do right now? But record music, right? Record music, right? So, yeah, I I expect um, some stuff to start popping, you know? And then you always going to... You're always going to have those guys who, you know, just drop out of nowhere. So we'll see. But next week looks a little bit more. 
Eh. Wiley might finally put that album out <laughs> that we've I'm been talking about since last year. Mm-hmm. And, and Caliuchis is coming out, so I'm I'm here for that. So. Okay, so this David Bowie project was a nine-track, mostly acoustic session, which was recorded in 1996 in New York during rehearsals for Bowie's 50th birthday concert at Madison Square Garden. And it is being released in limited quantities on LP and CD for Record Store Day, which is April 18th, 2020. Um, Very interesting that I haven't heard anybody talking about, and maybe I'm just not seeing shit because I've just like just been off the internet in a very strange way because I spend my whole entire day on the internet, but I'm not on social media like that. Um, But this Friday is Record Store Day. That's sad. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. Saturday. Saturday is, is record store day. We cannot go to the stores, obviously. Um, there is a record store day website. And what they said is that we've decided that the best of all possible moves is to change the date of record store day to Saturday, June 20th. And we think this gives stores around the world the best chance to have a profitable, successful record store day while taking into consideration the recommendations of doctors, scientists, the World Health Organization, Centers for Disease Control, and the need to be good citizens of both local and worldwide communities. So there you go. The David Bowie Project was supposed to drop on Record Store Store Day. It is still dropping on Friday, but Record Store Day will now happen in June. So hopefully it'll drop on digital formats like everything else. Theoretically, that's what should happen, right? So we have another battle to look forward to this week. Is that what you said? Teddy, Riley, and Babyface. Babyface had coronavirus. He did, and he recovered on the low, and we ain't even know. And uh, his whole family had it. So, um, Is Teddy going to show up this time? I think Babyface was the one who had coronavirus. No, um, Babyface had coronavirus, but Teddy Riley was the one that said he wasn't coming through unless they were going to come through with the one-two checker. Right. Hey, <laughs> said I'm not coming through with this whack-ass sound. So, um... But they made it seem like he was saying, come to my platform. Like, Versus has a website, and they have an official official flyer. So, it's a really dope picture of Michael Jackson and uh, Prince and, uh, it looks like the ton- the tunnel of a Lakers game or a-, a major fight or something. Magic Johnson in the fur coat, like it's it's luxurious, um, but it's the official flyer for that battle. So uh, looks like it's happening. What day? Uh, I want to say Sunday. Let me see. I just posted it in the I Standard Slack, which you guys should all be a member of. Go to iStandardProducers.com. And join the creator Slack. Uh, it is Saturday, four eighteen at nine p.m. Eastern. Teddy Riley versus Kenny Edmonds. I'm gonna go borrow my nephew's Beats headphones and see what that does for my life. I hope they do something for your life with on their end. So on the audio end, right? I mean, I really think these guys ain't playing around. They'll figure it out. I got hope. If they if they can't do it, then I'm I'm giving up. 
I'm call Swizzbees myself. Like, listen, bro, I got the solution. Just hear me out. Yo, but at the same time, while Just Blaze is over there getting his stuff together, um, his whole he's created what is he calling it? He's calling it the something lounge, Karma Lounge, something like that. Um, and you know, just has just a bunch of toys at his house any fucking way. So he just went and built out some shit. And I'm sure it sounds amazing. I haven't tuned in yet. But was it Binks last week that was calling people to the mat? Oh Lord. I was I was I was hoping we didn't have to talk about this. Okay, well let's not. We don't have to. No. Have to. So a lot of people got called to the mat. You know who else got called to the mat? 50 Cent. Yo, so okay, so let's talk about that real quick then. Let's let's skip to that. People are saying and people really believe that Ja Rule has more hits than 50 Cent. I hmm, hmm. I feel like 50's run was a little longer. I feel like so okay. 50 had if you give 50 the G unit hits, like the record he did with like Hate It or Love It, like those aren't officially 50 records. I hate or love is games record, it's games album. But if we just go uh give her to die trying, if we just go um the Massacre, and we go uh, Curtis, which are his three albums that really did well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say he had maybe two to three singles per album. Right? Ja had a comparable number of hits during his Murder, Inc. run. Um, even if you go back to Holla, well, you go back to Holla, Holla. What I, but what I would say is the, the music industry was different when Ja Rule was, was um, coming up, right? And I just mean it far in, in terms of sheer sales, right? In terms of commercial, like, Ja came out in 94, mm-hmm. right? Where rap was, like, mainstream, mainstream commercial. 50 enjoyed the Jay-Z effect. Okay, that's He fair. came up, you know, the Biggie, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Well, effect. no, because Holla Holla came out the same year as Volume 3. That was 99, right. That was 99. Oh, so, oh way later. Yeah, you're right. Right, so 50, 50 came a little bit later where the rap music as a whole was just selling better. Okay. Um, but Murder, Inc. did mad numbers with, you know, Pain is Love. Pain is Love sold like 9 million records worldwide. You know what I'm saying? He had a bunch of joints on there. You know, When I Cry, You Cry, and, you know, uh, Always on Time, and all, all kind of joints. So Now, I will say this. When I went and looked at their, their discographies, um, I definitely saw things on here that I forgot, right? Because I'm also not, I wasn't Ja Rule's target demo. Now, in terms of the timeline, it feels like their timelines were different, but they really were not. So Ja... Well, well they were because Ja... Those first three years, he had a lot of things going on in those first three years. So so Ja, ja came in with the cash money click, right? Mm-hmm. And the, Mike Geronimo and all those guys, like that was a whole different era. 50 wasn't even... 50 was probably not even thought of in that era. And then you had the Murder, Inc. initial era where Ja was in um, the group with DMX and Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? So you had that era, which is like the mid to late 90s. 50 didn't pop up until 2000. Yeah, did you know I Get Money was not a top 10 record? Nuts. I can't remember that. You know, because the other thing is, Rap records weren't regularly top 10 
they were top. Like if we talk about top, got a gang of them though. Fifty got a gang of them. Yeah, but when we talked about top ten, a lot of those records were like street records, and they were like top rap hits. Okay, but Fifty has top like Billboard top records. Like in the club was number one. Twenty One Questions was number one. PIMP was number three. Disco Inferno was number three. Candy Shop was number one. Just a little bit was number three. Uh, AO Technology, obviously, he cheated and put Justin Timberlake on a song, so that was going to do what it was going to do. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he was in the top fives, like, five or six times. He was in the top ten, including those five or six right there, like, maybe seven times. He got a couple more that cracked that top 20. Um, his run is looking... Jaws got... Jaws got um, I'm Real with J-Lo. He's got Put It On Me. Which was his record, which was number eight. He got Always on Time, which peaked at number one. You know, he's got Ain't It Funny. He's got Living It Up, which peaked at number six. He's got Down for You, which peaked at number six. Mesmerized, which was number two. Wonderful, which was number five. Rainy Days, which was 12. Holla Holla. Records on his Wikipedia. <laughs> between me and you. You know, like, like Between Me and You with him and Christina Milian. That peaked at 11. Like, Down Ass Chick. You know, these are all top 50. Like he's got a lot of top fifty hits, a lot. New York, clap back, like all these joints charted high, you know. From and I'm talking about from '99 to 2008, he was charting because he was also on "Can I Get a," you know what I'm saying, with Jay. Right. Um, right. So you know, I think, I think, I think the thing is, most people want that to be a battle, like they want it to be. Ja Rule smashed, I mean, 50 smashed Ja Rule, which we all know happened. He, he destroyed him. But if we go record for record, people forget. And I'm not a big Ja Rule. a lot of these Ja Rule records, yeah. I'm not a big, like, like I'll, I'll say this. I am a fan of Ja Rule's work. I've always been a fan of Ja Rule's music over the years. Like, when he was rapping with, with DMX and, 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 uh, and Jay-Z. I've been a big fan of him. I was a fan of the murderers. I was a fan of a lot of the things he did. I might not be the biggest fan of him. Thanks 50, you know, just cause of where I'm from and the way what 50 did. <laughs> that's like this, this new generation. That's how they know. Him. But he gave us, he gave us hits. He gave us club joints. He gave us street shit. Like Ja did it all before I knew who 50 cent was. And I, I can appreciate if you put discography against discography and not make it about the battle or the dislike. If we literally just put Ja Rule and his songs up to 50 Cent songs, I think Ja Rule can hang with him. I'm not going to say Ja Rule will win. I'm not going to say 50 will win. You know, I'm, I'm a big 50 fan, but I think a lot of people forget Ja Rule's work. Right. And, but experience. no, because people are actually saying the opposite. People are actually saying that they feel like Ja got bigger records. So he had because he had all them R and B, you know, singy like hook joints with like, you know, J Lo and Ashanti and uh, Christina Milian. You know, when they were popping and the joint with Case and you know he made them bop records. The only way that battle can happen, them niggas got to designate two DJs to play their records for them. Because if you put Jeffrey Atkins <laughs> in an IG Live with 50 Cent, it's not going to be about the music and it's going to be super disrespectful. 
Bottom line. If I was Ja Rule, I would bring Cameron. Are they cool like that? I don't know. But in the history. He got to bring Irv. See, the reason why I say, the reason why I say, the reason why I say uh, bring Cameron is because in the history of all 50s beefs, the only person he could not out talk was Cameron. Yeah. Curtis! Like, that was the only person who he didn't get the one up on. And I just felt like it would be funny if he had Cameron sitting there with him because I don't want it to be about the beef. It's going to be. There's no way. But, but I, I, and this is, and this is also why I think 50 don't want to do it because he knows Ja got big records and he don't want to give him that relevancy and bring back, you know, Ja's out here torn, you know, him and Ashanti, they, they selling out decent sized venues, you know, playing records. So they got joints. It's, it's not a question. I just, I want to see Ja Rule's music not forgotten as a fan of music. So that's why I wanted to happen. I'm going to go play back down now. Anyway, um, you guys, that is our time times two. We we went all out for you guys this week. Um, again, this is the Chopping Block Podcast. We are available on all of your podcasting platforms every Thursday afternoon. <laughs> At 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I forgot what that was called called for a second. Because I'm clearly never going to L.A. again. Specific? Awesome. Specific. Specifically Pacific. Um, Yeah, so we're on all of your platforms and all that good stuff. And you can follow us on social media. We are at the Chop Block Pod on everything. The Chop Block Pod on everything except for Instagram, where we are simply Chop Block Pod. If you are interested in advertising or if you would like to send us some information about a release, do not send us music by unsigned artists. Don't send us music to check out. Send us some shit that's about to actually be released and we can do something with that. Send us some some credits. Send us some information. uh, Send us a package. We do interviews. Yeah. And all that stuff can go to thechopblockpod at gmail.com. And uh, he is at, oh, wait, we forgot to shout out Mikey. Shout out Mikey. Big, big, big shout out to Puerto Rican Mikey. AKA Anatomy, trying to help us figure out how to get the sound pristine for you guys. And he is is at Scissor215 on all of your social media platforms. She's at Saint Boogie on everything, except for Facebook, because you might have found her if you put in Ty Boogie. Anyway, right. um, and we'll be back next week. We will try to keep it to less than two hours next week. But hey, give us feedback. You know, tweet at us. Tell us what you like. And again, I'm gonna repeat it now in case you didn't listen to part one. There was a trivia question on part one. There you go. That's how I make y'all listen. There was a trivia question on part one. If you can answer that question, you DM me at St. Boogie. DM me the answer at St. Boogie on Instagram. And I will cash app you some coins for a drink. Because I feel generous. Happy stimulus week, y'all. Nice. All right, y'all. We out. Peace.